Hello everyone, what's new, what's poppin'? In today's episode, we know what we did last lesson. And that are some facts about oil presented by Lucas. And coal brought to you by Eric. And now, let's get started. Oil is as all as you may know a natural resource that can already be found in the first layer of our planet, the earth crust. Typically, it's a blackish liquid made out of hydrocarbons, but did you know that the color of crude oil can be very different to another depending on where it is extracted? So if you take a look on crude oil from the Caucasus, it looks yellow like apple juice. From the Middle East, it looks more like a brown wet red. On the Arabian Peninsula, it looks like a more greenish color. And then the oil from France in the Northern Sea looks like the classical black. Already since ancient times like Persia or Babylonia, oil is used as fuel and since the 19th and 20th century, one of the most important resources in our world's industry. And why will I explain to you now. Besides being the most important fossil fuel, oil is about different separation methods widely applicable. It can be proceeded into different kinds of plastic, dyes and even medicine. Because of this enormous usability, it has earned his name Black Gold in business. In spite of the fact that we learned, it can have different colors, right? Yes, you're right, Eric. Speaking of history, oil is known to mankind already since more than 10,000 years. And indeed, we actually know how the people back then were able to extract it. Since oil has a lower density than water, it floats on the surface when it's released from its resting place under the sea. And for what did they use it for? I mean, 10,000 years ago, they didn't have planes, bombs and tanks, had they? No, of course not. But instead, they used it combined with sand, clay and reed to seal their ships to prevent them from sinking. The Romans used it as lubricant for their wheels and axes, while we know for a fact that the Byzantines used oil during the early Middle Ages for their Greek fire, which is a medieval version of a flamethrower. So you may see, oil isn't as new to humans as you may thought. But I think we all know that, all, that the oil that we use today doesn't come from the water surface by scooping it up with a fisher net. Instead, nowadays we are able to extract the oil right from its resting place. So how does this extraction nowadays work? Let me tell you. So you have to know that the extraction of oil goes within three steps. The first one is the primary funding, where the oil is pushed up the pipe because of the natural pressure the gas from the gases that come from the oil. In the sec second phase, the secondary funding, water or gas is pumped into the reservoir to push out even more oil. In the last step, called tertiary funding, several steams, chemicals and carbon dioxides are used to maximize the oil extraction, but this step is only used sometimes. But why, if this is what it takes to maximize the funding of oil? So you see, within the first two steps, 20-60% to 60 of the entire oil of the source can be extracted. Usually the third step is only used if the oil prices are very high in the moment. Because compared to step 1 and 2, step 3 is very expensive. So this is the process of extracting oil on land, right? But I think we all know the pictures of these giant islands. Aren't these extracting stations as well? You are right, Eric. These are the classical drilling rigs that are either solid connected to the ground or floating like a carrier cruiser. The easiest way of extracting oil on a drilling rig 
is directional drilling, because you can work a larger area by controlling the direction of the drill. After the oil is extracted, it is transported by oil tankers on sea or pipelines on land to its next destination, where it can be proceeded with different methods like distillation, hydro-treating, cracking or condensation, which basically means that the crude oil is proceeded into fuel, heating gases and plastics, and so on. But of course there are always risks in transporting and even in extraction. More than 100,000 tons of oil are getting into the oceans yearly after tanker accidents. The difficulties with that is getting rid of the oil again. But this can be achieved by soaking up the oil. The problem here is that this only can be successful when the oil is soaked up quickly um, so that oil can't spread too much. Look. The only reason why we even have to fund so much oil is because of our way to consume it. So what about our consume? That's true, Eric. Since oil is one of the most important goods of our industry, even though the German imports of oil began to shrink since our import peak in 2004, with over 115 million barrels of crude oil compared to the 85 million barrels in 2019. Wow, that's really impressive. But what does barrel even mean? Simple question, Eric. Barrel is the unit of measurement where oil is measured in. One barrel equals about 160 liters. And how can you explain the shrink of imported oil? Does that mean that we consumed less oil for the past 10 years? Yes and no. With a bigger focus on the no. Yes, our consumption of oil has decreased since we lay our focus on more renewable energy like solar energy. And no, because actually just our imports decreased while we simply extracted more crude oil by ourselves. So you see, oil is still very well represented in our world. Enough of oil, let's head over to the second fossil fuel we choose, coal. What's up guys, as Lucas just said, I will continue with our second fossil fuel. I will be talking about the resource coal, starting like Lucas with a bit of history and the origin of coal. Coal is one of the most ancient fossil fuels since the existence of our planet. Since it takes about 300 million years for it to mature, it is made similar to oil out of tiny organisms and plants that have lived and grown in swamp-like woods combined with the high carbon dioxide atmosphere under very high pressure and temperatures. Indifference to oil its history isn't that long or from greater importance. The earliest sources tell that the Celts about 700 before Christ were the first to mine coal systematically along with iron and limestone. Besides that, the Romans also mined for coal, in fact almost every historical source Tells, that, tells us that the largest portion from coal were mined in the Germanic territories. Let's head over to the modern days and how coal is mined today. Coal is often founded by open pit mining because it was way cheaper than underground mining. The problem here is that sometimes entire villages have to be relocated. The problem here is that sometimes entire villages have to be relocated in order to open a mining pit. This is way easier in states like the US, China or Colombia because their landscape is way more open and wide for a pit. 
The problem with mining it out of the stone layers is that it can contain traces of radioactive elements such as uranium, radium and thorium. That is why mining pit workers have a higher risk of getting cancer. Really? What happens with that? I mean I can't simply leave it like that, right? Lucky for us, the radioactivity does not survive the burning process. For example, the ashes of your power plants only contain 80 to 135 ppm, while the global average is on 210 part per million. As you can imagine, coal can't be used in as many ways as oil can be. The major usage for coal is energy production in power plants and as heating material at home. During the energy production process, the coal is grinded into dust. This dust is then burned. The result energy is then caught by the steam boiler where it is transformed into water and steam. The steam then reaches a turbine in which electricity is generated. That doesn't sound too good for the environment, does it? Yes, you're absolutely right. It's everything but good for it. The biggest part of the exhaust is made up out of carbon dioxide and nitrogen oxides, which can contain parts of sulfur, oxides, quicksilver and smog. Even though most of the gases are filtered by electrostatic precipitators and catalysts, the greenhouse gas carbon dioxide still is sent, set free into the atmosphere. When it comes to efficiency, the numbers aren't that good for, all, for coal as well. Only about 30 to 40% of the generated energy can be used. But what happens with the other 60%? The rest of the energy gets lost during the thermal reaction of combustion. And that's all we have for you guys today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of We Know What We Did Last Lesson. We hope you see you again the next time and may the, the force, force be, be with, with you. you.